There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed, song of the redeemed. Thank you for tuning in to this Tuesday edition of the podcast. We certainly hope and pray that each and every one of you had a wonderful Christmas time with family, friends at the house of God this weekend, and I certainly hope that uh, the Lord has blessed you. Hope the Lord has kept you. Hope you're in good health. We pray the Lord find you as such. Those of you struggling with health problems, we certainly pray for many of you. Let it be known if you need prayer. Be among you is sick. Word of God said the call for the elders of the church. Why? Because that sickness could be as a result of a spiritual problem. The Lord tells you that. And therefore, we seek out the help of God's people, the help of a almighty God to intervene his way, not our way but his way, according to his will and according to his purpose. Very difficult thing to ask of some folks, but yet the reality of the word of God. And so if you are sick and afflicted, I do pray that you'd seek the face of God. If you're sick uh, to the place that you need help outside of the realm of what you can do, what side the doctors can do, then certainly we need to seek the face of God. And many folks today hurt, many folks wounded. My wife and I spoke of it. We've been to the hospital. And so many times this year, we've been to the funeral home so many times this year, and uh, we certainly look forward to the new year, but the new year will bring death. There'll be those that pass from amongst us. There'll be those maybe listen to this podcast today uh, that won't make it through the year. We need to consider these things. We need to pray about these things. Uh, we need to make sure that we're right with God, make sure our hearts are right with God. Uh, there are many that have uh, found out they're greatly ill, greatly sickened this year, and never expected it. It came upon them suddenly. Again, we've seen them die of heart attacks. We've seen men die of cancer. We've seen folks die suddenly this year. We've seen folks die slowly this year. And age and every year, it could be me. It might be not, not be another podcast we record. I'm very cognizant of that reality. We need to be prepared to meet God. We need to be prepared to meet the Holy One of Israel. And my friend, if you've not made your calling an election, sure, today is a day of salvation. You need to make that calling, sure. You need to know that you're a child of God, been born of God. Come to repentance. And my friend, would you seek God with all of your heart and seek his blessed face? Matthew 24 is where we will be today. As we begin this Tuesday podcast, and Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came to him for to show him the buildings of the temple. We see in verse 3, he was upon the Mount of Olives. He came out to show them the temples. He went up on the mount. They could see the temples. And Jesus said unto them, See ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, There shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be? And what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? Now, what the disciples do not know at this point, they don't know the mysteries that Paul has explained. Those mysteries are hidden in Scripture. They're mysteries that God has hidden from man. The Apostle Paul was the apostle of mysteries. It was his ministry 
through revelation of God to give us those mysteries. And he revealed those things that had been hidden from man. One of those mysteries is the imminent departure of the church. That trump of God is going to sound. The dead in Christ shall rise first. That's what the word of God said. That we true alive and remain shall be caught up with them. That's the promise of God. And we know that now according to the apostle Paul, according to the mysteries that God has given him. But a lot of folks get caught up in the Old Testament, get caught up in this passage as to why they're A-trib, mid-trib, post-trib, no-trib. They believe we're slowly going to usher in uh, this time of Christ's arrival. There are two returns of Jesus Christ. It's very clear in Scripture. I'm not going to debate. I'm not going to argue. I'm not going to fight. We pay for this podcast time. And so we're going to preach what the Word of God says about it. And one of those is simply this. Jesus Christ is going to return in the air. The heavens are going to open, and the Son of Man is going to call the church. He's going to call them home. Every saved person, been born of God, the blood-washed crowd, those dead in the Lord, those in the grave that have known him, shall be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. That's the promise of God. That is a doctrine. That is a right doctrine. That is that voice from heaven which says, come up hither. There's going to be a time. At that time, great tribulation will begin. That's what Jesus Christ is going to speak of here. We're going to see the Holy Ghost has been taken out of the way. He that letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. And when the Holy Ghost is taken out of the way, then all hell is going to break loose on this earth. And that's not a swear word because hell is going to be unleashed. Satan is going to have his way. The devils will have their way. That man of sin, that son of perdition, that wicked will be revealed according to the word of God. And when he is revealed, it will be great tribulation. That is the timeline that we preach. So again, the imminent return of Jesus Christ in the air, seven years of tribulation, three and a half years, that man of sin comes to power. He makes leagues with all the kingdoms of the earth. He makes leagues with the banks, makes leagues with the churches and uh, lowercase c, not the true church. She's already gone. Religion is under his authority. There will be peace upon this earth. And they'll say, look, peace has come upon us. Then God himself, according to the book of Revelation, is going to begin to unlock those seals in heaven. And tribulation is going to be poured out like it has never been poured out before. Those two olive trees of Zechariah, those great prophets of God, Elijah and Moses, will be turned loose on this earth to preach. And fire is going to destroy their enemies from out of their mouth. Even that great city, which is spiritually called Sodom, which we know is Jerusalem, and they're going to preach during that time, and there is going to be great tribulation upon this earth. One-third of this earth will be destroyed. We know that. There's going to be fire like never before, hailstones of fire. There's going to be wrath. There's going to be judgment poured out. We know that according to the scriptures. Then, the coming that Jesus Christ speaks of, when the temple stones have been cast down, not one is upon another, and that temple is going to be prepared. Now, who's that temple going to be prepared for? It's ultimately prepared for Jesus Christ. When he comes through that eastern gate, he is going to ascend to that temple mount, that Mount Zion, the city of the great king, and he is going to ascend to that throne of David. He is the rightful heir of that throne. It is prepared for him, but all things must be destroyed before he returns to this earth and puts his feet on this earth in Revelation 19. That's the doctrine we preach. That's what we believe. That's why we preach it. 
I'm not going to debate an amillennialist, postmillennialist, pre-dispensationalist. I'm not going to debate it. We're just going to believe what the Bible says. The reason they debate is they don't want to see the scripture in light of that timeline. This is one of the passages they twist. That's why we made that statement. He, Jesus answered, and said to them, take heed that no man deceive you, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. Now, that's been taking place for 2,000 years. There have been many Christs. There have been many cult followers. Many have been caught up. David Koresh was a rookie at this. Amen. He was new at these things. Others have come in his stead. Others were here before his stead, saying, I am Christ. And men have been swallowed up in that, taken away by that. One of the things I heard years ago a man say, how will you know he's the true Christ? Because he's going to come in Christ's time. He is going to come in his timeline. He is going to come in his way. It's going to be a public coming. It's going to be an open coming. And so if somebody sees a man on earth that says, I am the Christ, and they run and they follow him, they've denied the word of God because no man on this earth has come the way that Christ, according to scripture, is going to come. That's why Jesus Christ himself said, many shall come in my name and saying, I am Christ and this shall deceive many and you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. We haven't seen anything yet. People say, oh, this every time Israel goes to war, this is it. This is the end. This is the coming of Christ. No, he doesn't say that in scripture. And I remember we bombed Libya. I remember my family got together in Libya. My mom said, we need to pray. I believe this could be the end. This could be the last days. Well, we've been in the last days for 2,000 years. John told us that. And since 1987, I believe it was, we bombed Libya, 86, it's gotten darker and it's gotten worse. And yes, we are in the last days. We're closer than we've ever been to that imminent return of Jesus Christ. We're closer than we've ever been. These wars we see today are not going to hold a candle to the wars and rumors of wars in that day of the man of sin. He is going to take this world by force. He is going to take religion by force, the banks by force. He's going to woo them and he's going to cajole them. And then violence is going to reign. And he is going to rule with an iron fist and men will bow the knee. Some of them out of honor, some of them out of fear, some of them out of obligation to feed their family, but they will bow the knee to him. That's why men will have no trouble taking that mark upon their foreheads. They'll be receive a strong delusion. They're going to receive a lie. God's going to send that lie to them. And the word of God said this, and you shall hear of wars and rumors of war, see that you be not troubled, for all these things must, and notice this, come to pass. But the end is not yet. And so these things must come, and that, that statement's a great statement about must come to pass. What does that mean? It comes to where we are because it's going behind us. It's going to be in the past. It's coming to pass. All these things must come to pass. The end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. People say, well, there's more earthquakes than there's ever been upon this earth today. No, he said diverse places, places we've never seen earthquakes, places we've never heard of. These things must come to pass. Are these signs being fulfilled? No doubt they're being fulfilled, but not at the escalation and the scale we see in the book of Revelation. Why? Jesus Christ has not come in the air. And I can say that with all confidence. I can say that with all boldness and strength and power of the Holy Ghost. Jesus Christ has not come in the air. But these things are taking place. These things will get worse. They will wax worse and worse. All these are the beginning of sorrows. How about that? And so we haven't even began to see the sorrows yet. We haven't even scratched the surface. There is this peace on this earth in areas of our life. There's peace right now in my neighborhood. 
I go outside today, it's quiet, it's calm, nobody's shooting at each other, there's no firebombs being thrown, uh, the neighbors aren't out there uh, whipping each other, nobody's cursing and screaming and hating and trying to kill my family, there's peace in this neighborhood. I understand it's a temporary peace, but it is peace. That's what we pray for. Why? We dwell with all men. And why do we dwell with them? We dwell with them that we might have peace. And I want peace in my life. And I have that peace. But that's not necessarily the peace it's speaking of. And yet we see this today because they deliver you up to be afflicted. Now there's the beginning of sorrows. And shall kill you. And you shall be hated of all nations for my namesake. And can I say to the church today, you can woe is me and you can go woe and sorrow and oh, woe is the church. Oh, it's such dark days, such a hard thing. Oh, we got such a tough, tough road to hoe today. No, these are just the beginning of these things. We haven't even seen what God is truly going to pour out upon this earth. And thank God you may be here for it. I'm not planning on being here for it. I'm planning on going up in that load with the saints of God when he calls us and says, come up hither. That's what I'm planning on leaving. But these are the things that are beginning. These are things. Listen, the church today, as we see it as an American church, is not under great persecution. I understand the North Korean church. I understand some of the African churches, some of the Mongolian churches. There are places, little countries around the world, they're under great persecution. The Canadian churches are getting there. They're starting to lock up Canadian pastors, Swedish pastors, Norwegian pastors, German pastors for speaking out against sodomy. And when you have sodomites in control, that's what they do. They arrest you for speaking out against them. If you have murderers in control, they'll arrest you for speaking out against murderers. But they're not killing them yet. And I did say yet. With Jesus Christ comes to this earth in the air, and the Holy Ghost is taken out of the way, then they'll begin to kill the church. They'll begin to kill, and by the way, that's the true church, that's that remnant of Israel. I'm not going to have time to get into all this, but that's that 144,000 are going to be preaching. That's that 144,000 going to be telling the message of Jesus Christ. They're going to kill them. They're going to kill their offspring. They're going to kill those that are converted, those that have not taken the mark. That's what we see. That's the reality of Scripture. Many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. Part of the reason 144,000 to find such success is because of the deadness and the coldness of men's hearts. And we see that today, absolutely. But this is not the fulfillment of those signs. These signs are not yet to be fulfilled. That's why doctrine is so confusing to people. That's why doctrinally they're out of bounds on the coming of Jesus Christ, the return of Jesus Christ. Yet these things do affect us. They do afflict us today. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. How do you endure unto the end? Well, you stockpile food and ammo and you live in a cave and you get hydroponic growing machines and a generator and 15,000 di- gallons of diesel fuel and you run a generator to grow your mushroom farm that you and your family can survive underground. That's what's mostly taught. That's mostly what the preppers are saying in the name of Jesus Christ. But can I mock that for just a moment and say, they that endure the end. The reality is, is those that in that time of great tribulation realize they've missed out on the Messiah. They've never heard the gospel. They've never heard the truth. And when the preaching comes to them, they understand that indeed he is the Christ and by faith that believe he is the Christ and they need to endure to the end. Why? Because they're going to be killed. And how's God going to save them? He delivers them through great tribulation. How does he do that? Because he's going to spare their lives. And they pray, many are going to die, many are going to be slain, but some will endure to the end, 
and they shall be saved. That's not salvation of the soul there. It's the deliverance of their life. I'm going to stop at verse 13. Lord, we'll be back here tomorrow to continue this chapter. There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning, and he longs to return to the Lord. As he cries for forgiveness and mercy, God is waiting. You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania, 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption draweth nigh. Now the angels of God are rejoicing, for the prodigal child has come home.